Welcome back to Season 2 of Inside the Vault, Enterprise Bank's podcast series. As you know, education and awareness of issues affecting the small business community is an important part of the bank's relationship and consulting-oriented approach with its clients. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to review and rate us on all of your popular podcast platforms. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at insidethevault at enterprisebankpgh.com. To kick off season two, we're going to have a discussion today with Aaron Stitter of ICBA, the Independent Community Bankers of America, to talk about a proposal within the Biden administration's budget that has significant implications for banks and the public at large. Aaron, before we get started in the discussion here, uh, you want to give us and our listeners a little bit of a understanding of what ICBA is and what your particular role is. Sure. Thank you, Dave. And, and thank you for the opportunity to be here with, uh, with you and your listeners. Uh, so ICBA is the only national banking trade association that's exclusively dedicated to representing community banks and our mission to create and promote an environment where community banks flourish. And your particular role within ICBA is what? Sure. I am executive vice president of policy and political operations for the association. I've been with ICBA for about 16 years in various roles. And one of my roles and responsibilities now is not only to uh, lobby the Congress, but also to get our politically active and, and uh, community bankers and also their customers to become more active in the process as well. Yeah. And well, in this issue that we're going to talk about today, obviously, I one of the um, uh, approaches or the um, angles that ICBA uh, is particularly interested in this um, proposed legislation relates to its impact on banks. But um, this particular topic uh, also has um, significant implications for small business owners and just consumers in general. So um, for lack of a better word or understanding, um, I'm going to call this financial account information um, reporting regime, which is some uh, descriptor I got out of the actual legislation itself. But in a nutshell, can you kind of give us a summary of, of what's being proposed in the uh, current administration's budget proposal? Sure. Uh, there is a provision that was included in the administration's proposal that would uh, really compel the IRS to force banks to report on account inflows and outflows. Um, at the way it currently stands, it's for all accounts that have a balance of over $600. Those are personal accounts, business accounts, et cetera. They would like to report on all those inflows and outflows of those accounts. Uh, and under the auspices that if the IRS has greater insight into these individual accounts, this is information that the IRS is not currently collecting. But if they do collect this information, they will be able to increase um, either the IRS uh, burden that individuals owe the IRS or uh, um, uh, capture additional funds uh, that people are not paying to the IRS. Um, and so this is to, quote unquote, to close the tax gap between what individuals may owe the IRS and what is actually uh, uh, provided, what funds are actually provided to the IRS 
come tax time. So this is about increasing the revenue because of, let's say, errors or intentional, you know, tax cheating, let's say, um, or misreporting? Yes, I, I think that is uh, definitely what the proposal is trying to get at. Uh, one of the major issues that we have, and ICBA is adamantly opposed to this proposal, we should definitely uh, mention that we are getting our customers, individual community bankers and their customers engaged in this, but it is gross overreach. Uh, and what we hear coming from the administration and proponents of this, uh, of this provision is that it's to catch high net worth individuals that are cheating the tax code. Um, what we know uh, and anecdotally is that high net worth individuals that are predisposed to try to cheat and lie on their taxes aren't using their traditional bank accounts um, as inflows or outflows to perhaps hide some of that income. They're using other offshore accounts and other mechanisms. So this is not going to have, we feel that this is not going to have the desired effect that proponents believe that is going to bring people under greater compliance and that it's going to go after particularly high net worth individuals. It's going to fall disproportionately on lower income individuals that are going to have now a broader audit, uh, the, the possibility of getting audited, and also it's going to complicate small business uh, owners' tax returns as well. Um, so it's going to add a lot of complexity and over-reporting into the system, uh, and it's also going to make individual um, consumers and those that, uh, that pay their taxes uh, much more susceptible to cybercrime uh, and also privacy issues uh, per the IRS's increased information. So you mentioned early on in that explanation, you know, it appears the intent is, you know, trying to target high net worth individuals that may not be paying what the administration considers to be fair share. But, you know, I did some quick back of the envelope map, uh, math here and, uh, you know, the minimum wage proposal at $15 an hour and a 40 hour work week, that's $600 right there. So, you know, essentially if you're making minimum wage or, or better, you're gonna fit or you're gonna fall above this threshold of $600. It's a loaded question, but that really doesn't seem to me to focus on high net worth individuals. Yeah, it, it, it's one thing that's being reported of what their intentions are, but then when you look at the language and, and you've got it exactly right, Dave, that they're looking at all accounts currently that have over $600 um, in them and that's personal business accounts and those are inflows and outflows. So uh, whether you are, you know, we've had instances of customers that are taking care of elderly parents that may be paying their bills for them that have these inflows and outflows. Also, we've heard from community bankers, just uh, the number of individual customers that change their account information, uh, that open and close accounts, um, and that may have some inflows and outflows that are above that limit. Those are now going to be captured by the IRS. And I can't stress enough that this is new information that the IRS is now collecting uh, ostensibly on your income, uh, uh, in addition to all those inflows and outflows as well. So obviously there's a, you know, there's a lot of negative consequences to this. So let's, you mentioned, mentioned them briefly in your intro to the issue, but you know, um, let's just talk about the extent of information and the security of, of that information. You know, you're talking about, and you probably know the statistics better than I do, how many banks there are in, in this country. 
and how many accounts within each of those banks. Yeah. And um, this Dave, this is not just banks too. This would be this would be all financial institutions and other entities yet to be uh, described or identified yet. So this would be all encompassing. So you're looking at all banks of all sizes, credit unions, uh, finance companies, et cetera, all other options where you may have, a, have an account, but all are going to be required, would be required under this proposal to provide this information. I mean, just the, the, the capacity uh, from an IT perspective that, that would be necessary to transmit the data and then obviously, you know, in either the transmission or the retention of all this data, it, whatever spot in the federal government they want to use as a repository is a huge, got to be a huge data security, cybersecurity concern. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, huge cybersecurity concerns. Um, you know, every uh, rogue nation states are trying to ping the servers of all federal government agencies you know, hundreds and thousands of times a day. And that's not hyperbole. Those are things that, that we know from uh, the cybersecurity community. So what is going to stop uh, rogue nation states and other actors from, from trying to ping uh, the IRS to get this new information that they have? Um, also just basic privacy concerns that individuals have uh, supplying all of this new information that was never requested before um, that is now going to be going to the to the IRS. So cybersecurity and then also privacy as well. Um, and then one thing too to look at um, is, is individuals that perhaps that are coming here as immigrants, newer to the United States that come from authoritarian regimes. We've heard from a number of minority bank, uh, uh, of our minority bank members, uh, particularly in the Asian community, some of which that may have had their banking relationships in communist China uh, before they came to the United States that are extremely concerned about this, um, about a rogue nation state or someone, you know, within the government, you know, they have different relationships with uh, their governments than that we have in the United States. So um, we're also trying to bring more people into the banking system and not discouraging them. Um, and if you're an individual and you don't believe that your information is safe and secure, um, and you don't believe that your privacy is going to maintain, you have a greater likelihood of being driven out of the banking industry than getting trying to get deeper into the banking industry. And what we all know is that individuals that have pre-existing relationships with their community bankers um, tend to be more prosperous and, and to be better and more well off than those that are on the outside looking in. So we want to bring more people into the banking industry, not, not uh, discourage them and drive them away. And I, and I would have to think that this kind of a uh, compliance, let's call it, or data reporting burden is going to have a, a disproportionately large effect on smaller community banks that may not have the IT infrastructure to even undertake this kind of data transmission. Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, this is, is, a, is a violation of consumers' privacy and their security, and we want to echo their concerns. But uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the extensive burden that this would fall on disproportionately on smaller financial institutions, particularly our, our smaller community banks. The devil's in the details. So this proposal has not been fleshed out yet. Um, really what it would do if, um, if and when the Congress takes this up and passes it is it would uh, compel the Department of the Treasury to develop their own plan. Um, so Treasury would go about uh, putting together 
really crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's, et cetera, about what the proposal would be. But our concern is that it would be extremely overly burdensome for community banks uh, and also would, in, would, would increase the, uh, the burden on reporters as well uh, that used to use simpler tax forms that now may need to go out and get outside help. If you're a small business, you're going to need to do that. So um, it, it, it increases complexity all around um, and we don't feel that it's going to meet its, its objective aim of going after these high net worth individuals um, and also are, are skeptical as to the numbers that they feel that the proponents feel will raise in revenue. Um, you know, this, this is being proposed so that it can help pay for President Biden's $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation plan that is now being debated before the Congress. And this is a major um, piece that would help pay for that plan. Uh, and we feel that it's wholly inappropriate to go, to go after these individuals uh, put their security at risk, um, et cetera, for, for this type of plan and highly dubious as to whether or not they could raise the, the amount of money that, uh, that the IRS is reporting, they will, they will be able to raise from it. They, I mean, I just think it's in, in general, it's a really bold move or bold proposal in that, you know, again, we just talked about $600 average balance, you know, is really touching a very large portion of the population, both consumer and business. And the reason I, I'm really surprised with the timing of this and the extent of this proposal is you have distrust of government already. Um, you know, there's lots of people concerned about, you know, the effectiveness of the vaccine and all these different, you know, kind of government trust related concerns. And this is really going to add to that. Um and, and again, when you're dropping down to the kind of minimum balance they're talking about, you know, it's it's going to be an issue for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, trust in government, if you look at polling, trust in government just overall is at an all time low. Uh, in fact, ICBA partnered with Morning Consult uh, to do some polling on this very proposal. And what we found is that 67 percent of survey respondents, so two thirds of all survey respondents, uh, oppose or strongly oppose, over 53% strongly oppose this proposal. 22% of survey respondents actually supported it, but overwhelmingly uh, oppose this proposal. That encompasses about 80%, 79% of registered Republicans, 74% of independents, and even 51% of registered Democrats. And we'll talk about this, I think, in, in a few minutes, but this is a Democratic proposal. So half of, uh, of, of your own political party, your own political base is adamantly opposed to this reporting requirement. And a lot of it has to do with distrust in, in the IRS and writ large, just a general distrust in the federal government. And we talked about it before, but the breadth of information that they're taking, um, you know, if you're trying to find, we've used this analogy, if you're trying to find a needle in a haystack, you very rarely will get that needle by adding tons and tons more hay. And that's exactly what this proposal does. And we think that that comes out in the survey results that we've gotten. And, and most, most respondents are adamantly opposed to it. Well, let's, let's take a minute and talk about the mechanics of this. First of all, where can you know, our listeners or the, or the public at large you know, find this proposal? Sure, this is part of, uh, of the Biden administration's 2022 uh, fiscal budget. 
And now it also was included. And this is where it kind of gets a little bit tricky because it's not a bill number per se. So I can't say call your representative and urge them to oppose HR 2155. That's not where we are. This is part of the budget reconciliation that is now being debated and discussed before the Congress. Uh, and, and this provision is not all that long. Basically, it just says that the IRS uh, needs, to, needs to require banks or would require banks to report this information on behalf of consumers. Uh, but really what we need everyone to do is to reach out to their representatives and senators and urge them to oppose inclusion of this provision in the budget reconciliation package. Uh, the House Ways and Means Committee later this week, Thursday or Friday, is going to be marking up their version of this legislation, meaning that the full committee is going to be debating whether or not to include this provision and then any parameters or any language they wanna put around it. Um, so it's critically important. This is step number one. It's an important step, but it is not by far the last step in this process. Um, to date, we have had over 100,000 messages sent from consumers and community bank customers to their representatives. Uh, and that can be found on our website, bank locally, one word, B-A-N-K-L-O-C-A-L-L-Y dot O-R-G forward slash privacy. And that's where any individual bank customer can find a pre-generated letter. All you do is put in your address and it will locate your United States representative and two senators. And you'll be able to get that out. And I'll give that, uh, I'll give that address again later on in the process. But, um, you know, the Congress is, is opaque and it doesn't work. It's, it's, I think, purposefully confusing at times uh, when we're supposed to be a representative government. Um, so it doesn't always take on the easiest way to make your voice heard. But ICBA is trying to make that easier for not only our community banks, but for their customers as well, but really, if if you were if you were to see your member of Congress at the grocery store, I would say that they need to adamantly oppose and strip out of any legislation, particularly the three point five trillion dollar budget reconciliation, um, any increase in reporting on the inflows and outflows of individual and business accounts um, as a revenue raiser for this provision. We need to have this this uh, stricken from the bill. Again, from a you know, from a process and timing perspective, you know, let's say the worst happens and this actually gets put into legislation and passed. Um, my understanding is the, the IRS basically would have the authority to kind of implement it from a more detailed perspective. Is that correct? Yes. So this, this needs to go the full process because, okay. uh, you, you know, arguably the IRS could potentially get this information directly from consumers. The reason that they need to, to go to Congress and get authority from the Congress is that they're, they're looking to compel the banks to provide this. So forcing community banks and all financials to provide this information on your behalf. Um, whether or not they can get it directly you know, from the consumer, that remains to be seen. Um, but they wanna compel the banks to do it. So that's why Congress needs to be involved. Right now, you would need it to get through the, the um, um, House Ways and Means Committee and then the full House of Representatives. And then that would also go over to the Senate. The Senate Finance Committee will be debating this and voting on it as well. And then the full Senate. And then it goes to the president uh, for his signature, assuming that both the House and Senate pass the same version. 
Um, once it is enacted into law, my understanding of it at this kind of early preliminary date is that they would expect to have the rules written by the Department of Treasury with input from the Internal Revenue Service for, for January 2022 filing. Um, so they yeah. would want to get us because again, this is a revenue raiser as well, how right. they're um, either by increased compliance or catching those um, through increased audit, right? So if you're an individual business or, an, or, or just a regular individual, you will have much more um, of an opportunity to be audited after this is enacted into law than you were before. And any disputes, and this is where it kind of comes back for our community bank brethren uh, that listen to this, all those disputes put the bank in the middle of it between what should be an individual and an IRS dispute, and 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 clearly the banks, we we're, we're we are not law enforcement. We do not appreciate being deputized at law enforcement. We comply with the law, Bank Secrecy Act, etc. We have no problem doing our part, um, but we do not want to be at the center of. Uh, we're not an, an instrumentality of the government, uh, federal or or otherwise, and we don't want to be put. We don't want to be put in that position, and that is essentially what what it will do, um, which is why it'll drive. You know, one of the the things. Um, that I'd like to share, 55% of our survey respondents said that their uh, uh, banking habits would likely or somewhat change if this were to become law. And again, this goes against the Biden administration. One of the things that they really want to do, they want to bridge the gap. There's about 5% of the United States population that is unbanked. And depending on what study you look at, about 15 to 20% on the extremely high side of underbanked individuals. So the administration, rightfully so, wants to narrow that gap of the unbanked and underbanked. 55% um, of our survey respondents say that their habits would change. We take that to mean that a certain percentage of those would be driven out of the traditional banking system. So even this very provision itself goes against another major tenant of the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress that really want to close that gap. I mean, there are proposals out there where the administration, they're really almost, they're willing to upend 95% of the banked community to bring the unbanked into the banking system. But then at the same time, we're going to uh, upend almost nearly every filer that is now going to have to report this information to the IRS. So we feel it's ill-conceived. Um, and we are all as an industry and as individuals making our voices heard and uh, we're going to need to do a lot more of that. Um, what we do know is that community bankers that engage their customers um, on this issue and use ICBA's resources are getting great results. And not only that, they're also doing a service for their customers. Uh, maybe those that, that aren't finding this in, in some of the trade papers or, you know, this has not been widely reported in major publications. So the banks, community banks are actually doing a service by, by, by outlining this and highlighting it for their customers. And we have a joint effort that we can work together to, to have this resolved. So this is, this is one of those issues um, that I see really the most important thing we can do is create awareness. Because, you know, once you're aware of the extent of, of what's being asked or, or proposed here, you know, at least enterprise bank being a business bank with mostly small business owners as customers, you know, they, they are not going to uh, be advocates or, or proponents of this, but we just got to make them aware. And as you said, 
it was kind of an eye opener to us a week or so ago when uh, uh, we kind of saw the implications of this and, and, you know, got in touch with ICBA. So before we wrap up, um, I, again, Aaron, like to hear from you, what can a business owner, a consumer, a banker right now, what is the best way to head this off and create that awareness that we're talking about? What I, what I would do first and foremost, this is for community bankers and then also their customers, visit bank locally, B-A-N-K-L-O-C-A-L-L-Y dot O-R-G forward slash privacy. We have a number of resources there that you can use to bone up on the proposal, what it is, and then also resources to reach out to your congressional delegation. Um, everyone needs to reach their representative and their two United States senators to voice their opposition to this proposal. Um, and, 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 and let their voice be heard in Congress. That's critically important. And then educate others. Um, use the resources that we have available. If you see something, take to social media. We have social media resources that are located on that site as well. Um, create a groundswell uh, in social media. It's all about education and then taking action. Um, I've had a number of individuals that um, will email me and say how adamantly opposed they are to this. We appreciate that, and, and, and it's great to register your opposition with me, but you need to register it with your elected officials. Um, they work for you, and they need to know how troublesome this proposal is um, so that they can knock it out. But I, I think that's first and foremost what needs to happen. Individuals need to, uh, need to take action here on this proposal. And, and I was happy to hear um, in a prior discussion that you and I have that IP, ICBA is not necessarily going at this alone. You've got some um, some major organizations and advocates for for both small business and 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 the public at large that are in this effort with you, right? Absolutely, that's a, that's a that's a good point. So not only have we and and ICBA, I will you know brag on us for a second. We have organized the entire financial services industry. Um, so all of the banking trade associations, our brethren at the credit unions, um, who we have other issues with, are united in our opposition uh, to, this, to this very proposal. But then also major, major players uh, uh, that represent the business community. The, the United States Chamber of Commerce is adamantly opposed to this provision being included in the spending package. Also, the National Federation of Independent Business, which carries a considerable amount of, of clout in Washington, D.C., representing all of small business, they are opposed to this because, as we mentioned before, this would fall disproportionately on them. Their tax filings are going to become much more complex. Um, the risk of audit is going to be that much more likely um, coming from the IRS. So this is something that, that all businesses and individuals need to take extremely seriously so that we can knock it out of contention in this bill. Well, obviously, it's got you know some real um, ramifications to the banking, the banking community itself, which we don't necessarily always get the empathy uh, from from the public at large for what what banks have to deal with. But you know, let's suffice it to say, if the worst happens, you can expect bank fees to go up because there's going to obviously need to be a lot of um, bank horsepower put behind compliance with this type of effort. But, you know, I think that the, other than that, the biggest thing from from the business owner, the consumer at large is just the whole big brother aspect uh, of this kind of uh, invasion of privacy. So, um, Aaron, I appreciate 
you and ICBAs uh, bringing this awareness and this attention to this issue and your efforts on behalf of, uh, of banks and bank customers. How can we see how this folds out? I'll, I'll uh, ask you that question as we part. Yeah, I mean, I uh, definitely as a community banker, um, I would pay close attention to our news watch today daily. Um, also look at our social media that comes out of the association. I mean, we are working with major news outlets to bring greater awareness um, to this issue, but anyone who watches the, the, the national news knows that there's a number of competing interests on a depressing scale uh, nationally, but we need to raise this, uh, this as an issue as it affects every individual American. And um, I would anticipate that, we anticipate that this provision, um, the future of this provision will be known by the end of September, and hopefully we have the desired outcome. Um, but we're going to need each and every individual to weigh in to make sure that we get that desired outcome. So please visit banklocally.org forward slash uh, privacy. Um, and please pick up the phone, call your representative, call your United States senators and urge their opposition to this proposal. Um, they can strip this, this out and find additional pay-fors to pay for um, whatever spending they want, they can find that elsewhere. They should not rely on and use this proposal. Great action plan. So, uh, you know, all of our listeners, obviously this is a very timely topic that requires action in a, in a, in a relatively short time frame. So Aaron, thank you very much for your input on this issue. And hopefully we can talk to you in a, in a month or two from now about the defeat <laughs> of this. We'd love to have good things to say about that. But thank you. I want to thank you and I want to thank Enterprise Bank for this opportunity and all you do to serve your customers. Thank you very much. Appreciate you all. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode of Inside the Vault. As always, please be sure to review and rate us on all the popular podcast platforms. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at insidethevault at enterprisebankpgh.com. Thank you.